Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Far United 3, Liverpool 1. <laughs> You know, okay, honestly, it, it did. It did feel like that. I can't. I can't remember a game when three VAR decisions went against the same team. Yeah, and before we get into the conversation as to whether they're right or wrong, um, it is regardless of of what anybody's opinion is of the decisions. It is actually kind of getting pretty ridiculous, um, simply for the purpose of you know it, the the momentum is lost. You can't celebrate a goal plays continue and then you're calling back because you're checking a penalty for an incident that nobody's even remotely remembering and us as viewers the players everybody's just compute confused and sick and tired i just want to echo uh, jordan Henderson's comments i just want to play football i just want to watch football and that's all i ask so uh, i and and again you i've i've mentioned it before i watch with my kids and <laughs> like you know like it is a bonding thing with with you know me and my kids and it's it's great and and i think it's that way for a lot of families but how do i explain to a four-year-old why there's lines on the field daddy <laughs> like and you know what so I'll, I'll i'll what i'll say about it before i mean we i won't go into every single detail but this the money one that one was clear fine uh var takes a quick look it's over fine the sala one when you need to pull out AutoCAD and draw the lines on the field, it's not clear and obvious. Let it go. Like that just needs to, they, they just need to like, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's not working. It's not working. My kids are getting like my, my kids are getting frustrated watching a game. Yeah. They're, they're, they're using the implementation of technology to solve problems that never existed. Of course, before VAR, there were a lot of um, incorrect calls with offsides. Of course there were, right? But we move on. And they're not using VAR to call things like diving and blatant fouls that are not picked up by the referee in the middle of the game. And they're spending so much time trying to be 100% accurate with offsides when really that was never a problem to begin with. That's my frustration. So I'm I'm okay. So like I said, the Mane one, I'm okay. That was, you freeze frame it, you see it with the naked eye, you move on. If you don't see it with the naked eye, whatever they called on the field, they called on the field, move on. Like, True. if it's not blind, like, again, it comes back to clear and obvious. If you need to pull out AutoCAD to draw lines on the field, it's not clear and obvious. You're breaking your own rule. Ironically, though, in, in real time, the Mosala goal looked offside to me immediately. So it instant. didn't look to me. And then I, the, 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 the one for Sadio Mane, I didn't think that was offside at all in, in real time. However, obviously with replays, it was the opposite in, in either case. But my point is, I don't understand the problem that we're trying to solve with the use of technology for offside. So what I would go, so the offside one is horrible, but it's a million miles uh, like ahead of the Robertson one. Like... You watched it in real time, and there was no foul. Okay, so you let's... you the the so to understand, the linesman didn't put up his flag until the guy three steps later theatrically went down to draw attention to it because he knew he didn't get the ball. There was no 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 argument. Nobody ran at the referee. Nobody put their hand up for it. The players on the field knew that wasn't a foul. And well, VAR so, had to step in and fix it. 
so let's let's try and speak um, objectively. Putting VAR aside and replays aside and everything else, you don't think that it was a foul that Andy Robinson kicked um, Welbeck in, in the foot? No. You don't think that was a foul? Why not? Then you need to call every single 50-50 ball. No, that's ever. not my question. Then, no, no, no. But, but you can't not call it 300 times during the game and then one time in the penalty box you decide now we're going to call it that like again no i get it right but that's not my question my question is if we look at that in isolation no not a penalty no do you think it's a foul if it happens anywhere else no in in isolation no no so so my dad who's a man U fan I know it's weird. We have a Liverpool fan in the family and a Man U fan, fan of the family. So he's Man U. So he's not cheering for Liverpool. Looked at it and said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. So, and the reason I'll give you is, um, so first of all, the penalty shot is supposed to take away a scoring chance. Um, the, the ball was barely touched by the guy's foot and went off Robertson's other foot. So he had no control of the ball. He just randomly flung his foot at it and it took away nothing from him. It's not like if Robertson hadn't hit his foot, he would have had a chance or he would have even had control of the ball. He lost the ball regardless of that contact. But again, I'm going back to my original question. Put aside whether it happened in the penalty box or whether or not they called it any other time. In isolation, if that happened in in, in, in the middle of, of the field, outside of the penalty areas. No, because you need you need... So part of the rule is you need to have control of the ball. Or else it's two guys fighting for a ball. If you don't have control of the ball and both guys make contact. So let me put it to you this way. Why is that? Uh, it was Welbeck, right? Or Yes. Yeah. Why is that not a foul on Welbeck? Whose feet? So, so whose feet was the ball at? It was at Robertson's feet. After the contact that ended at Robertson's feet, Robertson had control of the ball. Therefore, it's a foul on Welbeck. That's actually what the rule says. Whoever has control of the ball, the person making contact with them is fouling. Just because Welbeck flicked his foot on the ball, he didn't get control of it. That's like it's it's a it's supposed to be a judgment call, but in those cases, like awarding a game on that is brutal. Oh, I agree with that. Okay, I I just wanted to understand technically why you didn't think it was a foul. So, um, so I I would those type of plays are are. Like in, in, I think, football or hockey or I don't know, whatever. They call them like bang, bang plays. You know what? Two guys are going for it. Nobody really has control. You're not calling it for either guy. It's a 50-50 ball. Whoever gets it, gets it. If Welbeck had gotten it and his flick had put it past Robertson's leg and opened up a seam for him to take a shot after two steps, bang on 100%, that's a penalty shot. And I would never argue that. But if you touch it into the other guy's leg who now has control of the ball, whose ball is it? It's clearly okay. the guy whose ball, the, the ball is sitting in front of him. So here's my take. Yeah. What, I personally think that in isolation, Andy Robinson kicked Welbeck's foot. And if kicking somebody else in the foot is a foul, then it's a foul. But to your point, if you have to have the if, if you have to have control of the ball in order f- for it to be deemed a foul, then it wasn't a foul. But putting that aside, my again, with all these VAR decisions, I'm not against the decision. I don't care if Liverpool loses a game or loses a goal in the last minute. I've, I've been watching Liverpool for like 20, 
30 years and I've, I've I've seen us win a lot of games. I've seen us lose a lot of games. It'll be fine. My concern is I cannot have this where a play happens. Everybody's moved on. Nobody's complained. And then we're told as viewers that they're checking a penalty incident from a minute ago. Meanwhile, players are getting kicked, kicked around. Everybody's moved on with the play. And when the referee calls calls it back, everybody's confused as to what are you calling back? And then he has to go to his monitor and check this and check that. And then he looks at it in slow motion. I mean, if we did that for every single play, of course, we'll be finding fouls all over the field. But what are we doing to the game? So I, this is so not I, what I want to watch. I agree with you. Um, it's, it's not even so much. So I think there's a, so in, in re-looking at it, um, the referee basically goes to the monitor, sees the foul, sees the contact. I think he only watched it once, saw the contact, and said that's a penalty. And that's absolutely wrong. So I can tell you right now, that referee actually doesn't understand the game. And it is um, well, to be fair, we don't terrifying know. to me that he doesn't we, understand the game. But to be fair, we don't know the conversation that they were having in, in, in his headphones. So, so perhaps they were already discussing that, and then all he needed to see was a contact. Well, but so think about it this. So, so first of all, I think we've established that the referees don't know the rules, right? Can we, can we agree with that? Because on the Van Dyke play, the reason that was not given a red um, was because the guy in the VAR booth thought since it's blown dead on, uh, on an offside, you can no longer give a red, which is actually incorrect. So we can establish the referees don't know the rules, right? That was proof positive. No problem. Um, it comes back to like, like for example, it's not even about touching the ball. So I'll give you an example. If the ball is coming to a guy who shields it with his body, he hasn't touched the ball and he gets run over. Like a guy bumps into him and he goes down. He gets the foul because he's considered to have control of the ball. A foul doesn't happen if you don't have control of the ball. I mean, yeah, if you kick a guy just for the hell of kicking him you know, that's an intentional foul. But if you're in a play like that and you have no control of the ball and just two guys going at it, I'm sorry, like that's not that's not what the rules are meant for. Especially when you slow it down, right? Because when you slow it down, it's, to me, it's a foul because he kicks him in the foot and, and it isn't as if he kicks the ball in the same motion. But the, the problem is if we slow down every single play, we'll be, I mean, there'll be 600 fouls in a game. But right? that's and that's why they don't right. call that. Exactly. And and that's my point. So what problem is VAR trying to solve? And that's why that's what I don't understand about the use of technology. So this one was and all and this is where this is the, the ultimate problem here was the play happened and Welbeck knew it wasn't a foul. Three steps later, he realized I've lost the ball. I've got nothing on this anyway. So he went down the side judge. The, the linesman raised his flag because he saw someone go down. He didn't did see he the play. He did. Oh, okay. He raised his flag because he saw someone go down. So, and then VAR turned around and said, well, someone went down. I have to look at this. Like we're, we're now at the point where common sense is gone, right? You see a guy go down, you raise a flag. Someone That's raised exactly a flag. We point. have to VAR. That's oh, exactly there was contact. Point. We have to yeah. penalty. Like, yeah. okay. Therefore, Every contact on the field is penalty shot or, or every contact in the box is penalty shot. No problem. Like, like, let's be honest. Have we not seen fouls that were infinitely more egregious where Salah is getting like manhandled? He's got like both guys arms around him and there's no foul called. Was this 
that level of foul, not even close. Yeah, and and even because I, I'm I'm trying not to sound too biased here, right? So even even the game was it um, Man U against I, I think was it Chelsea um, where one of the um, the the players was oh um, Aspilicueta was was like ransacked by um, a defender. Um, I I think it was Maguire and Aspilicueta, right? Where he just gave him a bear hug. Do you remember that game? Yeah, and then yeah, and and then they didn't call it. So that to me is 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 a prime example of where VAR should be used. Take your time, look at that because that was a clear foul and it was a miss. It was an obvious, clear and obvious error. But I in also case, so the next step I think so I agree with you. But in that one, and I think in many of them, even ones against Liverpool, I actually think we need a middle ground. Like I actually don't like the idea. Of if you're one inch outside the box, it's a free kick, which gives you a 2% chance of scoring. If you're right on the edge of the box, you now have a penalty shot, which gives you 99% chance of scoring. Although, I mean, Brighton Brighton proved they don't. But anyway, I think there needs to be a middle ground. I think – so the one that I'll I'll give as an an example is the the foul that uh, Neko Williams had in the box. Unquestionably a penalty shot. Right. But incredibly stupid because the guy was at a dead run and chances are he had basically no play to make. So to me, I wish they could do like an indirect free kick or a pet like on the ones that so you'll you'll see some some um, refs who actually understand the rules. And when the guy's basically running out of bounds um, towards the goal line. And he gets fouled right at the end, has no control of the ball, and would never have gotten it in anyway. Even though it's a brutal foul, he doesn't give it to him. Because you need to take away a scoring chance to get a penalty shot. That's how it's, you need control of the ball, and you need to be able to do something with it. If you've already lost the ball because you kicked it too far in front of you, and it's going over the line, it doesn't matter if you get taken down. So... I would like to see a middle ground, which is Neko Williams should have been an indirect penalty shot, which of course they don't do. And if you really felt that this one was so bad, give him an indirect penalty sh- or an indirect shot. Yeah, and and um, we we've had this conversation. I, I I don't like penalties at all, right? And I personally would prefer they just call everything a, a direct uh, a direct, direct free, free kick, kick in the box. However, yeah. um, if we have to. To, to have an objective decision, then maybe any any foul in the goal area is a penalty and everything else is just a direct uh, free kick. Um, so what I, I would say... I want to leave it up to the referees to decide whether or not it was advantageous or not because we'll, we'll end up in the same place. So, well, no, I, I actually, I can see the value of, of judgment in that case. So what I would say is, then it becomes interpretation. Then right? it, it becomes we'll, interpretation. We'll be but, exact same conversations. but my problem is this: so you're at 19 yards out, and a guy is on a clear break, and he's taken down from behind. Then it's a red card. Okay, it's not a penalty, and it's in the 92nd minute. It's a red card, but it's not a penalty. But that is taking away a scoring chance. What happened here with with Robertson was not taking away a scoring chance. So why is the not scoring chance a penalty shot and the other one is like, again, you're 
it's I, I would almost rather have a, a referee be able to say, you know what? Fine. It wasn't in the box, but it was clearly a prime scoring chance. Therefore, I'm giving a penalty shot. Yeah, oh, it was in the clear box. And obvious, right? Yeah. Maybe clear and obvious. Clear and obvious. And like, we know how that works. I know, like, I just, I find, like, uh, again, so what I would say is, I think you're going to get the point. If I was Klopp right now, or I was any coach, um, in the EPL, yes, and in Champions League, for sure, I would no longer play for goals. I wouldn't even be interested in scoring. My only interest would be in getting it into the box and seeing who has their hand out pointing in the wrong direction. And I would aim for the hand. I wouldn't even try for goals anymore. What's the point? Kicking it at someone's arm is the right play right now. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, that, no, the, I, the one that the one that Mane had in the Champions League final against Tottenham. That one was, I mean, the guy was pointing to direct another team, another player on his team of where to go. No intention, didn't take away a scoring chance, none of that. But that's what you should do. You should play the game to try to get penalty shots now. I think that's the new strategy. Yeah. Well, so speaking of the game, we should probably get back to to the game. And I know that I joked about VAR 3, Liverpool 1. The score was actually Brighton and Hove Albion 1, Liverpool 1. Besides the, the VAR talking points, anything you want to highlight in the game from individual players? So, I mean, honestly, I'll probably highlight the negatives first because... I have a sour taste in my mouth from the game. Um, I, I didn't think Neko Williams looked great. I think this was kind of one of his down games. Um, Has I'm, he had any up games for Liverpool? He's had game? games where he's he's played. Um, he hasn't been Alexander-Arnold because that's not his skill set. But there are games where he comes down the wing and then he cuts in, which, which um, Alexander-Arnold doesn't do. And he's looked good doing that. Where today he never did any of that. He didn't get going at all. Yeah, my thing about Neka Williams is I'm actually, f- from the end of last season, and I think it was actually against Brighton, um, I'm actually starting to get concerned about his future at Liverpool. Not because I don't think he has a potential, he's a good player. I mean, he's a Welsh international and he plays really well for them. And he's played really well for us as well. But I, I've seen a pattern in the past with Liverpool fullbacks who come into the team young. They have one or two or three really good games. Everybody gets excited about them. And then they make a few mistakes and then you never see them again. And granted, that was um, probably due to the, the, the managers they had at the time not willing to put their trust in young players. Um, like I'm thinking people like Iman, uh, Emiliano Insua, Stephen Wright, uh, Jack Robinson, John Flanagan, Gregory Vignal. And they played under Julier, um, Rafa Benitez, and partially um, Kenny Dalglish. Um, with Klopp, I think he's a little bit more trusting. So I'm confident that Williams will continue to have opportunities. However, it doesn't help him when he's put into a team that's by no way our, our, our first um, 11. And so too much highlight is put on him to perform. And he will continue to make these mistakes until he's confident that he'll have a good run in the in, in, in the team and he'll be a little he'll play a little bit more naturally rather than trying to force things or overthink. Because with the penalty that he gave away, he's a young player, that will happen. But he's also probably trying to overthink and trying to 
put too much pressure on himself by thinking he had to deal with the situation when really he just had to watch and allow the the player to run into a dead end. So I think part of it, you're right. Part of it is um, he's young trying to do too much. The other part that I think is um, underplayed, underplayed is um, when a guy comes in and, and you know this, you know, you've, you've played football before when you when you play a team you've never seen before, it takes you a little bit of time to figure out who their players are and what they do. And then once you figure it out, it all of a sudden becomes much harder for them to do what they do. And I suspect that's the case for a lot of young guys. When they come in, they're they're, you know, they've been scouted to a degree, but nowhere near as much as the professional players who play day in and day out. So for Neko Williams, he came in, nobody really knew what he would do. And so he was able to do his standard, regular, usual moves that he feels comfortable with. Now that people know that, they know his preferences, they know what he likes to do. Now they play for those. And so he has to work harder and learn new things. And I think that's a big part of it. So they know what his weaknesses are. They know, oh, you need to play him like this, or you need to make a pass like that, or you need to make a run like this. And he needs to learn to adapt to that. And I think that's where he's running into a bit of a problem. That's a very good point. And especially with Trent being out, everybody, every team would know that he's an option. So they'll put a little bit, a little bit more work into, into doing the homework on him. And even, even when Trent came into the team at 18, he was in and out of games because he would have a good game and then a terrible game, a good game, terrible. But one thing about Klopp is that he has, he, you know, he will give his players time. So I'm hoping that Williams will continue to be given the time to grow into a role in this team. But even even his style of play is is just a little bit too erratic, which is fine as long as he maintains defensive discipline, which I'm not seeing as much of. And that's really my concern. Well, I mean, I think we had a lot of the same worries about defensive discipline and, and defensive ability with Alexander-Arnold. I mean, Alexander-Arnold is still being questioned today about, is he a good enough defender? So, you know, I mean... he's not erratic. Yeah, he, he doesn't it's, just it's want true. to... Yeah. Nico so, Williams, still, he still plays because he started as a winger, and so he still has those instincts to try a few crossovers and twists and turns. And unless Klopp is telling him to express himself... I think he needs to hone it in similar to um, um, Curtis. Yeah, I think Curtis Jones shows just how difficult it is. and um, but, but I think that's what makes him so special. You can see in his play when he kind of unleashes a bit what he can do. Um, but with, with Williams, he hasn't figured that out yet. And, and it comes back to like there's, just, there's a certain personality of a person. So I, I, by nature, am a conservative person. Right, like I'm an accountant, I'm conservative by nature. That's just how we work. Um, so when I play football, even if I'm the forward, I still tend to come back more than I'm supposed to. I still always play goal side. I don't, I don't kind of, you know, cherry pick or or try to wait for that pass back to the goalie or anything like that. It's just my nature to do that. I suspect it's his nature too. He hasn't overcome that yet, and so maybe it's just a matter of time for him to kind of grow out of that or, or learn something new. Um, or maybe he's not a right back. Or maybe he's not a right back. I mean, Alexander Arnold was able to do it. We shouldn't assume everybody can. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, uh, the other one that I was massively disappointed with was Minamino. And I, I got to yeah. say, after today's performance, and I want to give him lots of opportunity and, and hope, 
But I mean, we're talking, he's almost a year onto the team now. And this performance was, I mean, we played down a man. Like there's no other way to put it. He was, he was ineffectual in everything he did. And it was almost like he wasn't ready for the game. He was too slow. Guys got to him faster than he expected. He wasn't strong enough. Guys pushed him off the ball. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What did you see? Yeah, I, I, I saw the exact same thing. Um, he lost the ball way too much by simply being uh, pushed, pushed off, not anticipating the pressure on him. He did a lot of running. I'll give him that, but we don't need running. We need smart running. We need um, good decision-making um, impact. And he, I think he's he's unfortunate for him. He's kind of falling into the same um, path that Origi is currently in now, where he's obviously a good player. We've seen him play well for, for us and against us. But when played in the wrong position in the, in, in a, in a, in a team that doesn't line up according to his skills, he's he yeah we're playing a man down. And so today he played in the midfield, so he was playing in a role that I, I suppose you would equate to when Henderson or Wijnaldum or Oxley Chamberlain is playing a little a little bit more. They're, they're playing in the number eight, so there's a lot of running, a lot of covering, but um, there's there's a an intentionality about the way that they press and the way that they, 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 they pass and move and cover ground. And he just seemed like he was just running and chasing every ball down like a headless chicken. Um, and not just about chasing. It's also about, so, so Klopp is not like Pep where it's all about possession, but he gave up possession so cheaply so many times that, I mean, that, that just, that kills our game. What do you think and, his best position is? Um, after today's game, I think it's on another team. <laughs> well, I was going to come to that. I was going to ask what his best position is. And then the second question would be, where does that fit in with, 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 with our formation? I, so what I honestly think is, I honestly wonder if the EPL is the right spot for him, because I think the EPL is a touch faster than other leagues. I think it's a touch many touches stronger in terms of you know the pushing and the and the physicality of other leagues and i think that um it's been a year and he hasn't realized what he needs to do to adapt but and the two games that he played against liverpool he played well so are you saying that if champions league is less physical um and i i don't know so i i'm i i keep thinking back to those and thinking he looked so good but I just, I don't know. So in Champions League, for sure, um, you know, Liverpool is always at a disadvantage because everything that's not a foul in the EPL is a foul in Champions League. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe for all we know, it's mental. I don't think it's mental. I, I think he's honestly or genuinely just a little bit lost and confused. And he, I can see him playing in a team like Leeds or even... A Liverpool team when Klopp first joined. He reminds me a lot of Adam Lalana. Lalana running yeah. around doing everything Klopp wanted, but not really knowing what Klopp wants. But then it worked in, in the first two seasons, right? When we were playing the heavy metal football and just all over the place. That worked. But when we transitioned into a more um disciplined game. Yeah, disciplined team, there was no spot for Lalana when whenever he was fit. 
right? And you could kind of see that the team had outgrown him. And when I when, when I watched Minamino today, he just reminded me of Adel Lalana trying to force his way back into a team that had already moved on um, beyond him. He'll he, he'll make a few good interceptions. He'll he, um he, uh, he'll have the crowd cheering because of his hustle, but really he's not contributing much to the way that we've chosen to play now. What do you think his best position is? So having said all that, the only I don't see him playing well in a four three three, right? Yeah. If if we played with a number ten, so that way he doesn't have to concern himself with with the midfield or doing work in the midfield. I can see him playing as a number ten in a four, let's say four four two four two one three or something like that, or four three one two. It's funny because I'd actually go the other way. I'd actually go with him. If if he gets it together, I could see him do well in a Firmino role, where it's really? not about it's not about scoring because I don't think he can. That shot that he took, the one shot that we had, like in the first half, I don't even know if we had a second. Um, that shot that he took was an embarrassment. Like he finally, finally had a chance to net. And he hit it with the outside of his foot, and it's just like put the laces through it, man. Like do something. Um, to be fair to him, I, I think I think he actually does have a good shot, and I think so too. He just never gets with, it off. Yeah, with with that particular one, I think his concern was just accuracy as opposed to power, right? And all players do that. Some players will just go for power. Some players will say, "Okay, let me just get it on net, and then we'll see what happens." So um, I, I'm always preferable to on net over power because power is stupid because you're going to miss nine times out of ten, but. I felt like he could have done more, but I, I genuinely think like he runs a lot and I, I'm trying to remember back to the game that he played against us and he seemed to be kind of everywhere, intercepting everything, um, really not linking up as much as Firmino does, but kind of doing a, a, you know, a, a junior version of that. Like he almost seemed like he could be on the way to a Firmino type role. I don't know. I don't. I don't think anybody. I don't think there's a, a replacement for Roberto Firmino once once he's out of the team. Um, I think once he he's out of the first eleven, we change the way we play because he doesn't just the way he he plays. It's he doesn't hustle back. He just casually struts struts back. He hangs around in the midfield and then he he plays passes and things like that. And I don't see Minamino doing that. Right? Well, and, no, but Minamino would be good because he'd hustle back and then he would hustle up. And I, I could see him being part of the defense, being part of the forward, and linking up the two. But that's what he was trying to do today. And it didn't and work. he failed miserably at it. And yeah, I just, so, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why he failed miserably, and I don't know what he needs to do to succeed at it. Um, but you're asking me, his ideal role would be that. I just don't know if he'll ever get there. I mean, I think- all I can say about it is we got him for $7 million, $8 million. I think we'll make a minor profit on him, and that's it. I, I think that if he's okay with with staying, I think we keep him as an impact sub for the right type of game. Impact right? what? What's he impacting? Well, to 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 come and and cause chaos. Right? But but we don't need. We're not playing heavy metal football anymore. No, but that's like my point. an impact it, sub it, who unlocks things. But it depends. But, but that's actually why I said for the right type of game. So he wouldn't he wouldn't be the first name on the uh, um to come off off the bench. However, the right type of game where we're playing the right type of team, we may need somebody like that off the bench. And if he's okay with that role, then I say we keep him 
for that purpose. I don't I don't see him growing into being a starter for the team, for sure. I I I guess I don't see him growing into being a a, a sub for the team either. I just like what he showed today was not a good look. Um, so I mean he was he was a negative in my mind. One thing I will give you as a positive of the game is Nat Phillips mm. is um so don't get me wrong, he's not the best cent- center back who's ever lived. He's nowhere near that. He's not even top ten, but he's just solid. He understands the basics and he's like everything he's like sucked all the header knowledge out of like gomez and taken it into himself because in the air he is phenomenal yeah he we, goes for just about everything and even if he doesn't get it at least he makes sure the other guy doesn't either as good as matip and van dyke are and even fabinho are in the air we haven't had a header of the ball like nat phillips in the defense since lovren's days right who he'll go for a header that is like six six inches to his right or to his left. Whereas Van Dyke will just, you know, they'll want the ball to come right to their head and then they'll just head it away because they're taller than everybody else. But with him, he'll contort his body and he'll just do whatever he has to do to get the header off. So the, he... No, where I, I see him... He, sorry, he, go he ahead. kind of reminds me of Lovren, except he doesn't believe that he's the best defender in the world, which is huge. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, yes, no, you're right. He's... But he, but what I would give him is he doesn't make those basic mistakes that Lover makes. So yeah, he, but the, so the, the only reason Lovren, why he made those mistakes is because he thought he was a lot better than he was. That's true. So, so, but that being said, when Lovren is on his game, he is a top class defender. Yes. There, there are times I remember games that I watched and being like, "Wait, why did I think this guy sucked?" Exactly. And and then there's other games and I watched and I'm like, "Why is this guy playing?" So. <laughs> Nat Phillips is neither extreme, but when it comes to like, like to me, watch him on a corner and he basically yeah. positions himself like at the front post, I don't know, not at the end of the six yard box, maybe four or five yards out. And unless you're putting it at the back post, he's going to get it like every time. And even Van Dyke and Matip don't do that. He just, he's got something about heading the ball and he's fearless. We saw that where he went up and over the guy, hmm. um, which I don't know, to me that, I, I don't know if that's a foul or not on the guy. I don't know. It's hard to, those are tough calls sometimes, but like he goes up for those and he challenges them all. And he's just very, very good in the air. To me, if you gave Gomez, Nat Phillips ability to head the ball, I think you would be looking at Gomez would be one of the best defenders in the world and him and, and Van Dyke would easily be the best defensive pairing who's ever lived. Oh yeah. Like, like Phillips is that good in the air that he literally is everything. Like I can't, I don't see anything in the air with this guy that I would change. Yeah. So looking uh, slightly forward to the Wolves game next week, who do you start at the back? I'm just talking about the central defenders. Um, I guess I'd start Matip and uh, and Nat Phillips. Okay. You because here's the thing. I actually don't like Fabinho at the back. I agree. We need him he, in the midfield. He So it's not even that I don't like him at the back because we need him elsewhere. He seems to forget sometimes that he's the last man. 
like he makes those like desperate lunges and challenges and stuff that that are like if you miss the ball it's just allison (laughs) yeah yeah right and and or it's a red card and it's like man like you know you shouldn't be making those he he I don't know what it is. Honestly, I don't know what it is. He seems to have a hard time getting out of that midfield mentality. Which which he should because he's not a defender, right? So um, I was never in favor of this whole Fabinho's that good that we don't need another defender. He, he, no, he's not a defender. And he, it, eventually um, it'll catch up with us. And, and, and it already has, right? He gave away that penalty. And today it almost caught up with us in, in a couple of times where he went for the ball and then missed. And yeah, so to me, the sooner he's out of the 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 central defense, the better for us. I I think he's the perfect cover for a central defender getting injured, right? When you have no subs left, yeah. And then he slots right back in there, and you play a man down for the last ten fifteen minutes of the game, whatever it is. That's the perfect um, cover that he provides for central defense. Beyond that, I think you're just playing with fire. Now, I will say, if Klopp wanted to make a project of turning him into a central defender, he would probably succeed, right? Because I remember Henderson, when he played his first game as a deep-lying midfielder, it was terrible. I think it was against Burnley, and we lost 2-0. And all of us were saying that, okay, that's the last time we want to see him in that role. But Klopp said, no, he'll continue to work with him. And and it succeeded, right? So the question is, it, if it's only a stopgap, then... I, yeah, the sooner he's out of there, the better. But if it's a project, even if I don't agree, then I'll just have to be patient with a lot of these growing pains. So I would actually go the other way. I actually don't think he has the speed to be a central defender. Well, it depends who he plays with. Right? Well, I mean, that's like saying, you know, anybody who plays with Van Dyke is going to look good. That's not really the question. Right? Well, my point he's... is... is Maguire for United is not a quick defender. And by no means am I saying that I want him in our team, but he's still a good defender. He's not quick, right? But you you play him with somebody who is quick and all of a sudden you've solved that problem to an extent. Yeah, in a way I would agree with that. I just honestly I I would I would go with Matip and Nat Phillips just because that's a solid defense. I probably um, would do. And and you know, I think Reese Williams is gonna be very good. Um, he seems from what we've seen of him, he seems to, to understand his position well. And I'm very happy having him sit on the bench and watch Nat Phillips do the basics as well as there, as he does them. Yeah. I like watching Van Dyke is, is fabulous. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's almost to the point where you miss the basics because he does everything else so fabulously, but Nat Phillips doesn't do everything great. Yeah. Like case in point where there was, I I think he got the ball and he just booted it out. Right. And a guy like Van Dyke would try to make a breakout play, would try to make the right pass and and probably would make the right pass. But Nat Phillips just does the basics and, and he does them as competently as you can do them. And I think competently is the right word. And, and I don't mean it as a dig because I think there's a lot of defenders, even in the EPL who I wouldn't even classify as doing the basics competently. Now, the analytics team and, and, and uh, the data scientists that we have at Liverpool will probably argue that as much as this is what we need right now because we're so understaffed, 
the stats will show that um, when you have a defender like Van Dijk or Gomez who rather than kick it up upfield, they play from the back, it results in more goal-scoring opportunities. So to where... Oh, the counter-attack for sure. Yeah, a game like today that ended 1-1, it will probably have ended 3-1 because we would have created a lot more opportunities, even though it would have been painful for us to watch as as fans. I just want somebody to kick the ball out of there, right? And and I think they're aware that that this is just something that we have to go through right now until we get our main players back or or until we buy other ones. You know what? Let's be honest. As a fourth defender, because at most he's the fourth defender. I think it's perfect. Beyond beyond perfect. Beyond what I could have asked. If if he's happy staying in Liverpool, then I think we'll solve that problem. Because he he's young, he can come in, do a job, and then we don't see him again. Right? I and, you and know what at twenty three I suspect happy. he wouldn't be happy. Um it depends. It well it depends on what his what what his objectives are. I mean at twenty three he he might be best served just playing in Liverpool for maybe two or three years and then at twenty six, twenty seven, he, he can look for another move where he'll he'll play more more um regularly. Yeah, I mean potentially. But uh anyway, t- to me he was one of the better players today. I felt like he played well all the way through. I mean, again, if we're going to talk about player of the game for Liverpool, I think you start and end that conversation with Jota. I don't know where else you yeah. go. Yeah, and it's sad because I I don't think he had... I wouldn't have thought that he had a good game because we just didn't use him um, the way that we should have or we could have. But I agree, he didn't put a foot wrong, and he was the only one that looked threatening. And and again, I mean, say what you will, like eight goals in eight games. That's just, I mean, that's phenomenal. I mean, it's it's at the point where I'm legitimately questioning: Do we get rid of Mane or Salah at the end of the year because we've clearly got their replacement? Yeah, well, that's that's a whole other podcast, and and I think something we'll have to give because the contracts are all coming up in just over two years, so a lot of hard decisions will have to be made um, at the end of this season as to who to keep, who to who to resign. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think you can keep the three of them, right? I mean, if you're gonna keep playing the four three three, I don't think you can keep uh, Sal, uh, Salah, uh, Mane, and, and Jota. Two of them, like all three of them deserve to be on. And if Liverpool can't put all three of them on, then one of them has to go to be on somewhere else because they're just that good. Yeah. So um, I don't know if we change our, our formation or what, but it's it's funny, right? We're talking about Minamino, who's looking like he won't cut the team. And then we've got Jota, who looks like he's got to muscle someone else out of the team. So it was a, a little bit of a, a divergent goes, day. Right? It, it is. It is how it yeah. goes. That's how I it mean, goes sometimes. Overall, are you happy with the one-one tie? Um, before coming into this game, I would have taken a one-one just because of how depleted we are and how mishmash our team our team is. And it would have been unfortunate if we lost the game on on um, Wednesday or Tuesday in the Champions League. Wednesday in the Champions League against Atlanta, and then also lost this one because then. It's like you've just you've 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 put your your eggs in one basket and just lost, or two baskets and you 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 you've lost them all, right? 
Um, yeah. So when the way we started the game, we could have been out of sight after 10 minutes. And that's my concern that we're again becoming, we're just losing our edge in, in our finishing. And whenever I see Mo Salah shooting, missing and laughing or smiling, I don't like seeing that smile because it tells me that he thinks he's going to have the full 90 minutes and then he'll have another chance. So when he was subbed off later on, I was happy that he was angry. So, and I hope he takes that anger into the next game and reminds himself that, you know, he will be subbed if he needs to be subbed. And so he has to make the most of his opportunities and be more clinical. Yeah, I would agree. I was super happy to see him subbed. Uh, he needs to be subbed more. He needs to, to he needs to get the memo. And and I'll be honest, I think at this point, Klopp needs to come out and tell them, Mane Salah, you guys are fantastic. Jota's the first name on the on the sheet, not you guys. And if you want to be, show me why. Because you're right, we we should have been ahead early, at least one, if not two. And this game should have been out of sight in the first 10 minutes. And the fact that it wasn't like, and I don't want to put a loss on any one individual player, but I would say to me, it feels like the forward line let us down because they had the opportunities to put this away and it should have been put away. I mean, if it hadn't been for VAR, it would have been put away, but um, you know, Mane and Salah had their chances today. I mean, Salah in particular, um, Jota at least delivered the goal, but, but, yeah, to your point, the the miss, smile, and laugh is not cutting it. No. Now, I would have started Mane, Salah, and Jota today, to be honest, because I still don't understand what Firmino does. And he, he, I, does I, I, he does link-up play. I mean, I'm not sure what that means anymore. I knew what I meant two years ago, but apparently he still does it. I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, and and, and even the commentators, um, the Mosala goal that was called offside, they made a point to say, this is why Firmino's in the team. Yeah, okay, that's one one opportunity. Are there, how many other ones did he do in that game? And it wasn't even a goal, right? So is, is that why? Is that actually why he's in the team? For that one well, chance that's called offside. But if we're going to say that, then why isn't, uh, why isn't uh, Shakiri exactly. on the team? Exactly. He makes more of those than Firmino ever has. Yeah. Like on a per minute basis, that guy has money for those type of plays. So why isn't he there? Right, like if if it's all about that play, fine. But again, he's started. He's he's got the Minamino going. He gives the ball away cheaply and often. And I just I don't I don't I don't get what's going on, and it's hurting us. So I mean, anyway, either way, I'm. Uh, I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been happy with a tie, and I wasn't. I'm much more unhappy because of the way the tie happened. Um, you know, but again, I mean, right now it's all about trying to get people healthy if we can. And, uh, I mean, it didn't help that, that, um, you know, old, you know, old man went down with, uh, an injury too. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm literally looking up the team, trying to figure out who are we going to field on, uh, during the week. But I mean, yeah, I guess we'll have and, to field someone. And it's a must win game now, right? Because the last thing I want is for us to go and play midget to land and need a win. I, 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 I don't want that drama in my life. Right? You know what? You know what I don't want in my life? I don't want to have to learn how to say their name right. <laughs> I'm I and I'm and I'm not trying to be offensive and I know they've got a wonderful name and it works in their language, but I'm hoping that game is so meaningless I don't even have to learn how to say their name because it's already over. But to your point, 
we may be down to that because Ajax is looking good. And, you know, I, I don't want to think about us having to get to, you know, winning our, our last game to be able to cut it into Champions League. Yeah. I mean, the only... I guess no, actually. No, I was, I was going to say that even if we lost our last two games, we, we may qualify. But no, actually, we, we won't. So, yeah, we, we have to we, we have to win next week. And then that enables us to at least field a nothing team against Midgetland. And, and then just focus on the league because we are running out of bodies big time. The only, the only thing I'll say about Milner's injury is the good thing about him is that he, he gets injured for a couple weeks and then he's back. So there's no Keita, Thiago, Shaq um, questions of how, how long is he out for? Oh, it's a, a lot worse than we feared. No, he'll well, be back in two weeks. I mean, he'll... he's like us. He's an old man. Nothing quite works right. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's never 100%. He's always at 80%. This just brought him down to 70. So getting back to 80 is easy. These young guys, they need to get back to 100%. So that takes longer. So, I mean, overall, you know, we got the point. It's uh, it's not ideal, but it is what it is. Uh, hopefully, we can look forward to uh, you know a better uh, a, a better game on on during the week and try to get back to our winning ways next weekend. For more stories, analysis, and articles, go to the forensicop.com website. <laughs>